org slash Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I am uh, feeling much better today than I was the last couple days. Not that I was sick. I was just super busy. We did two Christmas parties this week for our students at Noble U. So we had uh, uh, 50 or 60 people over last night, like 50 people over on Tuesday night. Uh, and, and it wasn't a Boston mayoral Christmas party. We had people of all different skin colors there. So it wasn't that <laughs> nice. Uh, so that, that's it's good to have that behind us, though. Uh, and then uh, a week from today will be my last live radio show. The podcast will continue. That'll kick off sometime in late January. Uh, i got to kind of figure out a new studio in my basement. It'll have a whole new look and, and what exactly uh, the Lord will have me do with that. Uh, we'll figure that out together, but we'll get there. Uh, so a lot of different things going on next week on the show. So make sure you're, you're tuning in for that. And uh, today, the pleasure of speaking to a friend that, that uh, she's been active for a long time. We've known each other through homeschooling. I've taught uh, some of her kids. And uh, there's a lot of people that I know, Michelle Morrow, over the years that uh, we agree with. We, we encourage one another. And then a very small portion of those people actually get out and do something. And you're in that portion, and then in a, and then a, and then a much smaller portion will actually step up to the plate and try to run for something, uh, and you're in that smallest of portions. So I can never honor you and thank you enough for that. But it's great to see you, Michelle Morrow, is back in the house, running for state superintendent of public instruction. As I said when we were talking before we went live, Michelle, kind of the uh, the big enchilada, go big or go home. It's great to see you. Merry Christmas. That's right. Yeah, so how so let's let's do a little background because obviously you and I have known each other for a long time, but for people that uh, Michelle's been on the show before, but for people that might not be familiar uh, with you and what you've been doing, let's just tell that story in in a bit of a condensed version of of just going, you know, you're a homeschooling mom, and then now you're running for the state superintendent of public construction. Obviously, something changed. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um... Yes, and I just want to thank you. I know I speak for thousands of us, Steve, because you have been a catalyst of not only in engaging and educating, but also equipping all of us mm-hmm. to get involved in our community. So I thank you for all of your years of service on the radio, um, on your podcast. So we look forward to it continuing in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I will say, so when we moved back, I had finished high school in Charlotte, went to college at UNC Chapel Hill, had no clue that I was going to wanted to do anything in politics. I was a nurse. I am a nurse by trade. Um, but when my kids came along, we were in Austin, Texas. We did a little bit of public school. We did some private school. We moved to Colorado, ended up homeschooling because we were, um, you know, we were just in a very remote area. When I moved back to um, North Carolina nine years ago, I thought, okay, well, Wake County has a pretty good reputation for schools. So maybe I can I can hang up my homeschooler hat and go back to work and um, maybe help my husband provide. And um, when we moved back in the middle of a year, like like December-ish, and so as we got our bearings, I started meeting people and realized um, 
goodness, there's some things going on in the school that I'm not real keen on. And at the time, my kids were, um, you know, 14 on down. I do have five kids, as you said. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to kind of feel this out a little bit. We'll just continue what we're doing for the spring semester. And as I got deeper into it, I thought this this is not good. Like the I've been gone from North Carolina for a while, but the direction that public school seems to be going is completely against my worldview. Yeah. Um, I, not impressed with the quality of the curriculum that they were choosing, having been choosing my own curriculum for the previous several years. And I thought, you know, there's a great, there's some great opportunities for homeschoolers. And that's how we found you and ended up, my kids ended up at Hark there and um, doing other co-ops. And so we just kind of went year by year determining what we were going to do. But when I realized, um, uh, probably about four years ago, I was concerned with um, the Common Core. I was concerned with the lack of discipline in the classrooms. I was concerned with the the falling test grades. Because remember, I've been looking at it thinking at some point, I probably want to put my kids yeah. in because my are wanting to do sports, you know, they're wanting to be engaged. Sure. And I thought, okay, well, let's examine it. And you know what? I just could not in good conscience. Um, I, I think that my responsibility first and foremost as a parent and as a follower of Jesus is to train up my children mm -hmm. in the way that they should go and to know the Lord and to know the truth of God's word and to stand on it. So um, fast forward to uh, when we found out that there was pornography in the schools. And this was, um, I guess, two years ago. And I had been already going to school board meetings, and I was concerned about sex ed. As a nurse, I was concerned about the mental health that I was hearing about and reading about. So I was actually going to the school board and giving suggestions. Yeah. I actually went to the school board four years ago and said, listen, as a nurse, I will come up with and find a good curriculum to teach at fifth grade and at eighth grade and at 10th grade so that children will know what's going to happen with their bodies, but it's also going to be within the most benign yes. and innocent way possible that we can teach this to our children. They didn't want any part of it, and so that's how this ball, ball started rolling when we found out what was in the schools, yeah. and I said enough is enough. We went to the school board. We went to principals. We went to the sheriff's office. We went to the district attorney's mm -hmm. office. We went then to the legislature. And essentially, that's when I said, I'm going to run for school board. And that was 2022. Um, I did not win that seat, but we exposed a lot that's of right. what was happening. And um, as soon as I as soon as that election was over, I got really involved with the pavement education project, which is a um now statewide, we've been going and talking with people. We created a website to show parents what is actually in these books because they really thought that we were just right-wing right, extremists. Sure, overreacting. Yeah, we didn't want to tell the kids the truth about puberty or whatever. And so um, so now we've we've actually gone through 36 or 37 counties here wow. in North Carolina with the goal of getting all 100 counties to say, if your child is in this school, these are the books on the on the school mm -hmm. library shelves. We've also met with 26 legislators and shown them this is what other states have already done. You don't have to recreate the wheel. That's right. These are 
great laws that we already have on the books in North Carolina, but here are some ways that they could be tweaked in order to protect our kids and enhance, you know, our academic experience. And then these are some new laws that we really need to consider. And so last year um, we worked with uh, North Carolina Values Coalition yeah. and the North Carolina the Poly- Well, hold that thought, Michelle. Hold that thought. We're up on a break. And, and that's okay. one of the things that, uh, that I am thankful for for COVID is because a lot of kids got sent home and they're, they're being taught online. The parents finally had a chance to see what was going on in the classroom. And it's not good, whether we're talking about sex education or just the basics. We'll pick it up. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. You've been waiting for a war since you were young. You just didn't know it. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, once you got saved, you were officially in the war and you got uh, your weapons and you got your armor and you got your marching orders. uh, And that does not entail uh, only what you do on Sunday or at BSF on Monday night. It's what you do with your whole life. And and uh, what kind of difference do you make? I love what D. James Kennedy was a pastor in Florida. Uh, passed away several years ago, but D. James Kennedy used to say, Christians should be like hurricanes. And remember, he's preaching in Florida, right? (laughs) So Christians should be like hurricanes, and everywhere we go, nothing stays the same. So just ask yourself that question everywhere you go. Do you change anything, or does the status quo remain? The status quo in the world of education has remained, unfortunately, for uh, over 100 years now. And, uh, and and God raises up people, and he raises up Esthers, and he raises up Joshua's, and he raises up people that will get in. And Michelle Morrow's with us today, and, and she's been in for a while as, as a mom and a homeschool mom, and then seeing the carnage in the educational system. Uh, getting involved and trying to do something about it and going to school board meetings and running for school board. Uh, you ran unsuccessfully, but that was two years ago and learning lessons all along. So now Michelle is running for state superintendent of public instruction here in North Carolina, the big enchilada, which is what you need. And her website, Michelle Morrow, NC.com, Michelle with one L, Morrow with two R's. Michelle Morrow, NC.com. I'll put the link up on Facebook and Rumble. Uh, but but that's, a, that's a big office, Michelle, to go for. So So why that one in particular? Um, You know, I've seen throughout the last several years that we need to stop the U.S. Department of Education from infiltrating into Hmm. our state. We need to – our Constitution set gives the General Assembly – the the awesome responsibility of providing a sound basic moral instruction for every student here in our state and that has been hijacked quite honestly and so what i see is literally the the role of the superintendent is to pick curriculum and to choose budgetary you know decisions make them so that every district there's 115 districts are able to be in compliance with north carolina state law as well as provide our children an opportunity to be productive members of society and to pursue careers that are not only going to be financially beneficial and lucrative, but also personally enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've strayed very far from that. Yep. And I feel like depending on what district you live in really depends on how much of this political ideology and this, you know, sexual revolution or whatever they want to call it in the, the racially divisive um, and academically weak content you have and we should not in this day and age in 2023 2024 we have no reason to not offer an excellent education yeah. to every student 
in North Carolina. That's exactly right. So I'm going to go through these top five issues. We'll, we'll cook through them pretty quick uh, before we fin- uh, run out of time. But number one, over 50% of our students are incompetent in math and reading. I'm glad you used the word incompetent because it really is that bad. Yep, it is. I mean, just two weeks ago, I think John Locke came out and said less than 40, less than 42% of students were competent in math three. This is higher level mathematics that we're going to need for all of these new jobs pouring into, you know, North Carolina. Yeah. It was the incumbent superintendent who I'm running against in the primary who said in January of 2022 that there's all these new jobs coming to North Carolina. It's so wonderful but only 25% of those new jobs are going to be able that North Carolinians are going to be able to yeah. take them because we're not ac- academically prepared. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we doom our own kids when we don't uh, pursue excellence with them. You'd lower the bar. That's exactly what you get. Uh, number two, we have a catastrophic lack of teachers and staff due to chaos and disorder in the classrooms. You're, you were down at a luncheon today with Republican women in Charlotte. They have a massive teaching uh, teacher shortage down there. It's a problem all over the state. Uh, what do we do about that? And, and because chaos and disorder in the classrooms, our daughter, We've homeschooled all four of our kids, Michelle, but our daughter did a freshman year and a, and a senior year at a, at a public school here in North Raleigh. And, and she, she would come home and, and tell us about what was going on in the classroom. And I was like, I would never want to work there. No. And honestly, I have to say, um, I don't think most of us as adults would be able to handle the stress yeah. of chaos in our classrooms. And we're putting this on our developing children. Mm. And it's not right. But I will say what needs to change I believe we need a code of conduct and it needs to be upheld by the administrators in every school. That code of conduct is not just for students, it's for staff and it's going to be for parents mm. as well. Because what I'm hearing from what I'm hearing from teachers is there are children and they don't know how to behave. There is no discipline, there's no consequences. You can't give anybody a zero. And when you go to the parents, many of them are upset with the teacher right. for calling up their child. And so there needs to be everyone needs to be held to the same yeah. standard and you need to be able to to, you know, exist in a classroom and do your work and keep and be respectful of everybody else around. You. Well, you've said this several times, and so we don't need to belabor the point, but this was the third thing you sent me. Spending valuable resources and classroom time pushing political agendas instead of focusing on basic education. Indoctrination versus education is really the deal. And that's the deal all over the place. A lot of people woke up to that uh, when all the kids got sent home during the shutdowns. That's right. And unfortunately, we're teaching our children in the United States public school system. We're teaching them that we are all inherently racist, that the people that founded this country, they came here to steal and to kill and to destroy rather than to make a new life for themselves. And we're convincing our children that their that their ability is based on the amount of melanin in their skin, that they be entitled to have things simply because they exist. We need to get back to what made America great. What made us great and what made us a strong and prosperous and generous nation was a work ethic, was being willing to sacrifice for other people, to be honest, to be law-abiding, and to be hardworking. And mm-hmm. that's what we should be instilling in our youngest members. Yeah, what you society. what you almost said, the, the so hateful, divisive word meritocracy, but that, that's that's exactly oh. how it works. Well, which really you're combining the last three things, the, the racially divisive curriculum, the CRT, and then laziness and entitlement. And so much of that is, is the problem with uh, with with parents or lack thereof. We know that that about 40 percent of kids in America right now are growing up with a father in a home. So there is a home component that's a huge problem. 
But just because you don't have order at, at home doesn't mean you necessarily have to have disorder in a public school system. And, and that's where that's where you just get all this laziness and entitlement. They're not even being taught a work ethic. They're just being indoctrinated. And and sadly, what we're not recognizing is when there are no boundaries, when there are no mm. expectations, when the children don't know from one day to the next what what they're going to encounter in right. a classroom, that breeds anxiety and depression. And if children don't learn how to be self-controlled and how to manage being in relationship with other people who think differently from them, they're not going to learn it as adults. That's right. And it, we're seeing it on the college campuses right now. Why we're seeing it in this cancel culture, this inability to have a civil discourse because they don't have the the intelligence and the critical thinking skills that are developed through learning education right, right. and learning where you stand on something and the different ideas, right? That's well, right. I, my idea is instead of having diversity, equity, and inclusion based on the color of your skin, let's do diversity of ideas. Let's do equity and opportunity, and let's include the parents in the community Amen. in training up our kids. That's a great point. Michelle, tell us again the website and how people can help. We have about uh, 30 seconds. It's michellemorrownc.com. You guys can help by donating, and you can help. I need people in every county to get out and help get out the vote and work the polls for me there in February to March 2nd and March 5th. Yep, because you, you got a primary ahead of you, so you got to get engaged now. Most of you, if not all of you, have have concerns about the public school system and whined about it. Will you do anything about it? Michelle Morrow, nc.com. Michelle, thanks so much. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble. So call, call me crazy. I'm going to hand this entire segment over to Chris Cuomo. Yes, that Chris Cuomo, formerly of CNN. And he uh, went down to the Italian consulate, not the Italian consulate, the Israeli consulate, uh, within the last few days and yesterday on News Nation, which is a new cable news uh, station that has people from the left and people from the right. I think uh, Kelly, what's her name, is on there. They used to be on Fox, the blonde lady. Uh, but Chris Cuomo's on there, and, and there's so much in here it, he, that you, you need to hear the whole thing. And, and as he works his way through, because he's gonna ver- he's gonna verbally process working through his opinions about what Israel's been doing with respect to responding to Hamas there in in uh, Gaza. That th- this will give you the tools you need in mi- in many ways to have conversations with young people, uh, your children, your grandsons, granddaughters, whoever it is. And so you'll hear his conversion to coming around to uh, agreeing that Israel needs to do whatever it needs to do to eliminate Hamas. It's existential. Uh, he makes so many great points here. Uh, and and, and that I'm like, I'm just going to play the whole thing. Okay, it's like eight minutes. So say goodbye to me for now and say hello to Chris Cuomo. But you got to hear this. It's, it's really powerful. So listen carefully. There's a lot here you can use, and I'll talk about it in the fourth segment. Ready? Go ahead. Like I said, today's been a heavy day. Um because uh, three of us went to the Israeli consulate to watch some of the footage uh, that we've never seen. These images and um, media, a lot of it raw, some of it, um, they did some editing too to identify things of what happened in the massacre on October 7th. It's 47 minutes long. Now, some of it I have seen before, and you can find it online. A lot more than I expected was new to me. And again, I do believe people should see this. I understand the sensitivity of the families. I understand the concern that if you don't want to believe that October 7th happened, well, then it doesn't matter what you see. But I do believe for many, for many, that 
there's an aspect of this that I don't think we appreciate. I realized something that I had missed before, okay? It took me immediately and deeply into a past trauma. The exact feeling that I had when I learned why 9-11 happened. Terrorists targeted the Twin Towers and Washington, D.C. to take out the great symbols that represent America. The method was not madness. They were sane. They were just evil. But the method was a message. Their unholy efforts triggered what Americans feared most. Terrorists robbing us of who and what we are about at home. And so they got what they asked for. The wrath of a people united in a common fear and concern that it is us or it is them. Existential. We went after those who took credit where we could, used warplanes, drones, missiles, every kind of weapon and warrior we have to kill active enemies, those who hid, the complicit, the sympathetic, and sometimes, even often at points, the innocent. That's the truth. And if there had been social media then, I don't know how public opinion at home would have been different. But the fact that they hit us where it hurt, that's what mattered most. So, if an enemy wanted to make sure that Israel would come for them, the message would be, we're going to take children, women, innocents, and more, tie them up, and burn them alive, just like the Holocaust the ultimate fear of what the world can bring the Jews' way. When a decision is made that Jews are less than human and treated that way in words and deeds, I now know that is exactly the message Hamas sent on purpose, at scale. And I was not aware of that before. I had seen that bodies had been burned, but I did not understand or appreciate how intentional the effort was. They did it methodically. You hear it in the voices, the commands, the ease, the excitement of finding and mutilating victims, being told, let them play with it. Merely murdering innocents was the least of it. Of course you see that, and you can see that anywhere in the world these days. People pointing weapons, shooting the innocent, shooting people running away, shooting women, shooting the defenseless, people scared out of their minds about what's happening. This was not death from above. It was death in your face, hands-on and personal. They enjoyed mutilating and went back and celebrated in the streets with heads and bloody corpses as trophies. This was absolute genocide. Now, there's a word that people are misapplying, and this is where it does apply. Even more important to the terrorists, apparently, was what they left behind, charred reminders of a holocaust, the obvious desire to see as many Jews utterly destroyed as possible. Families melted together on purpose. And yes, there are 
women, dead, bloody groins, twisted, disfigured legs. The IDF says this is not a morbid coincidence. It's a part of a pattern of rape and torture. 47 minutes is just a fraction of the dead. But it is overwhelming that Hamas wanted war. This was not the irrepressible angst of the desperate who want freedom, who want better, nor certainly want anything approximating peace. They wanted the Jews to know that they want them to burn again. And it makes it clear that Israel, here's why it matters. I now understand better what is fueling Israel. This is not tit for tat. This is not you did to us and now might will make right. They are fueled by the deepest fears of genocide because those fears are real. I am not trying to erase or in any way mitigate the massive death toll of civilians in Gaza or diminish the obvious need for the violence to stop. If anything, after seeing this video today, there is an increased urgency to avoid what could still come because this could get much worse. When people have been given reason to believe it is you or them, they are capable of anything. And while people are moved to absolute outrage by what they see, I'm telling you, Israel is doing far less than it could. It is easy to say, stop. I'm saying it. Everybody's saying it. It is very hard to say how. Why? Because seeing what the terror group in charge of Palestine did to the Jews and has promised to do again, how do you ask Israel to risk being vulnerable to those who do not honor agreements and have made it very clear they don't want peace? They want to burn and kill the Jews. That's why it's so hurtful and people are so hair-triggered when people say things in protests here in America that maybe they don't mean that way. Maybe they don't see that context. But the people on the other side of the propaganda do. The suggestion, well, here's what you do. You stop bombing, use commandos. How does that not suggest to Israel, you have to do this in a way that Hamas can kill more of you. You have to reduce your advantage. All right, but you also have to stop bombing because aid has to get in. Will Hamas allow it in? Oh, yes, they have. That's not the sum total of the reports that we get. They have not let aid organizations get in to see the hostages and to, the help, and to help them. And they have a history of diverting and taking aid that was meant for others and other things. It's not about numbers. It is about Israel being shown its worst fears can be realized because they were. So knowing that and understanding it and understanding our own history with what we did in response to a threat that was nowhere as real and present as what Israel is facing, what do we do to make it stop? Let's bring in right, former State Department. <clears throat> now, I, now, I've got four pages of stuff that I just wrote listening to this, like second or third time I've listened to the whole thing today. 
And he makes a lot of great points. And uh, <laughs> you have to understand this so that any contact you have with any young person that's seeing uh, Israel, Jews, white, bad, Hamas, Palestinians, brown, victim, you have to you have to try to have this conversation with them. I had this conversation with the young people in my classes. They're not. I'm not allowing them to be misled. You got to teach the truth. So I'll walk through this. We'll spend our last segment of the show talking about what Chris Cuomo just said yesterday because he came to see the truth. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. A week from today will be my last show. That's a live radio show. will be a week from today, Friday, December 22nd. So make sure you get on the list so you can get the podcast when that starts coming back out. Uh, by, the end of Dece- by the end of January, I'm going to do that. Uh, the plan is once a week. That'll come out on Fridays. So uh, get on the email list, and then I'll let you know each week when they come out, tell you what's in there, and then you, there's all different kinds of ways you'll be able to get the podcast. I'll help you with that as well. Just text Steve to 66866. Okay, tick-tock, tick-tock. I have t- the, this last segment today. We have five days next week, and then poof. Uh, you can go to the stevenobleshow.com, sign up for the Daily Dose devotional. That's another way we can get your email, and I'm going to get this uh, the podcast information out to everybody. Or just go to your podcast platform, Apple, uh, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Uh, the Steve Noble Show is already there, so we'll, we'll be gone for a few weeks. And then we'll get back up and running by the last Friday in January and be up and running again. It'll be a little bit different than what we're doing now. It'll be longer, uh, which I'm looking forward to. And uh, so we'll see what the Lord does with that. But if you want to do it real quick through your phone, just text Steve to 66866. Text Steve to to, to 66866. Okay. And then we'll get your email and have you on the list. Okay. This was the, the Hamas political bureau member, Fatih Hamad, on July 12th. 2019, when uh, fundamentalist Islamic people tell you what they believe, you should believe them. Okay? Here's what he said. Direct quote. We are sharpening the knives. We were created here in Gaza to shatter and get rid of this Zionist entity. That would be Israel. If we die, it will be when we are killing you Jews, and we will cut off your heads, Allah willing. There are 7 million Palestinians abroad. You have Jews everywhere. We must attack every Jew on the planet, slaughter and kill. And you, the people of the West Bank, we want uh, the knives to come out. Five shekels for a knife. Isn't the throat of a Jew worth five shekels to us? I will die as I blow up and cut. What? The throats of the Jews and their legs. We will tear them to shreds, Allah willing. And so that's why I played for you. Chris Cuomo from his show yesterday because he had an opportunity. And like my cousin Vance said on Facebook Live, he was amazed that Chris had an open mind enough to see the perspective of the Jewish uh, people in Israel. So on News Nation, Chris Cuomo's show, and there's some uh, conservatives there too. Uh, he watched it, 47 Minutes of IDF. Here's just some things he had said. I was taking notes. I had missed before, uh, and he talked about past trauma, why 9-11 happened. Because they hated us and they want to strike fear into the hearts of Americans. So they hit us 
and our symbols. It was fear, terrorists robbing us at home of our fear. And then that brought about the, the wrath of the American people. And, and with people like this, it really becomes us or them. It's existential. It's a matter of being able to uh, survive or not. It's not injury. It's existential. It's life or death. You cannot negotiate with these people. You cannot coexist with these people. And so what's happening at a lot of these pro-Palestinian marches, that any Palestinian that's there is most likely a, a uh, hateful, satanic Jew hater. Okay? Most likely. Because that's, that's why when they're dragging a bunch of people back, alive and dead, in the streets of Palestine, uh, there in Gaza, that's why Chris Cuomo's like, uh, they enjoyed it. They were screaming. They were They were shouting. As they were killing people, they would call people back home and talk about how many Jews they killed. And he said, because he's watching the video, let them play with it, referring to a, a, a dead or dying Jew as some other member of Hamas playing around with the mutilating the body. He said, let them play with it. Not, not him, not her, not, not the little girl or the little boy. It's an it. And so Chris Cuomo finally sees the existential nature of what Hamas has done here. Uh, just like the Holocaust, they're going to burn some Jews. You don't you think that was just they felt like uh, setting some Jewish people on fire? No, they know exactly what they're referencing, the Holocaust. And this time you can actually reference it accurately. They did it methodically with ease, with ex- excitement, Chris Cuomo said. They enjoyed mutilating these people. The people celebrated it in the streets. And that's when he used the G word, genocide, which is exactly what they want. That's why Rashida Tlaib, when she said, as a Palestinian, from the river to the sea, that's the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, Jerusalem, Israel in between, that means kill every Jew. Not just there, but they want every Jew on the planet dead. And uh, not like keel over from a heart attack. No, we want to slit your throat. That's how satanic these guys are. And so Chris Cuomo finally is waking up to the fact that it's genocide. Charred remainders of the, uh, reminders of the Holocaust, he said. Hamas wanted war. Not for freedom, not for a better life, not for peace like a bunch of these young uh, ignoramuses think. It's just the brown persons being oppressed by the white Jew. You think Hamas doesn't give a rip about any of that stuff. They're not looking for freedom. They're not looking for a better life. They're not looking for peace. They're looking for dead Jews because they're so satanically controlled and given over. The Jewish people to them represent the God of the Bible, not Allah. It's all satanic to the core. These people are Romans one and then some. And so Chris Cuomo sees it. He's like, the Jews aren't, this isn't like a tit for tat, tit for tat situation in Israel. And, and the Israeli government under the leadership of Netanyahu is just tit for tat. No, this is fueled by genocide. And he said, Israel's doing far less than it could be doing. And then he said, this is Chris, Chris Cuomo's like talking about our response to 9-11. And yes, innocent people died. And if we had social media back then running around uh, Afghanistan watching innocent people die in the aftermath of us taking out al-Qaeda and the Taliban, uh, at least partially, then maybe we wouldn't have had the stomach for it. But but this this is just it's just part of the deal because this is an existential threat. It is us versus them. It's us or them. That's why they're now flooding the tunnels. And they accidentally came out just a little while ago. The IDF accidentally killed a couple of hostages today. But And you're going to go through some of that mess. You don't, there's no way around it. 
And if you don't, then every Jew in Israel, and if Hamas had its way under its leader, Satan, otherwise known as uh, Muhammad, then every Jew on the planet, just like they said in 2019, we are sharpening the knives. We were created here in Gaza to shatter and get rid of this Zionist entity that's Israel. If we die, it will be when we are killing you Jews and we will cut off your heads, Allah willing. There are 7 million Palestinians abroad. You have Jews everywhere. We, we, will, we must attack every Jew on the planet, slaughter and kill. And you, the people of the West Bank, uh, we want to come, the knives to come out. Five shekels for a knife. Isn't the throat of a Jew worth five shekels to us? Man. They did it methodically, Chris Cuomo said, with ease, with excitement. You can't negotiate. You can't coexist. Hamas will keep killing. Hamas will not allow aid. And for the Jews in Israel, their worst fears were realized on October 7th. We're right back in Nazi Germany. We're right back to the Holocaust. And that's why you need to have that kind of frank conversation. You know any young person in your life, son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, they're friends. They're talking pro-Palestine. You need to wake them up. You need to tell them the truth, show them the truth, have this conversation, go read them. Just uh, here, this is what you do. This isn't difficult. Just Google head of Hamas slit Jew throats. That's literally what I Googled. And you'll find a bunch of articles from the last five years of senior leadership in Hamas talking about cutting Jews' throats all over the planet, slitting babies' throats. Uh, and, And the BBC I said, we're not going to classify that as terrorism. (laughs) It's such a Romans one world. I'll talk about this a lot next week um, as we finish up the show, the radio show. But you have to deal with the truth. And so like in my Noble U classes, October 7th was a Saturday. My first class was that Tuesday, October 10th. And we were talking, whether you're in my ethics class, my U.S. history class, my world history class, or my civics class, we were talking about Israel. Most of them didn't even know what Gaza is. I had to show them a map and explain all this stuff. They don't know. And they get caught up in the aftermath of BLM, white, bad, black victim, which then that's why CRT, when we were talking to Michelle Morrow, she's like, yeah, you're teaching white kids you're, you're, you're a racist by definition. And a black kid's a victim and going nowhere by definition. If you're anything other than white, you're going nowhere. You're a victim. And whites hate you. And so you hate whites. Whites don't understand, so they hate you back. That's great. Good job. That's the federal government. That's the left. That's the Democrat Party. That's what they're doing. And, and so Jew, white, Hamas, brown. So there you go. It's that easy. Satan's laughing all the way to the bank for now. And so you got to educate people. This ain't pretty, is it? It's not a pretty conversation. I'm not reading. Some people would say, you shouldn't say this kind of stuff on Christian radio. shouldn't have read that quote. (laughs) If the Bible's anything, it's honest. About us. About hell. About grace. You have to be honest. Tell the truth. That's what rocked Chris Cuomo's world. He had to he had he had to stick it on a giant screen in front of his face to get him to understand it. You do what's necessary to lead people to the truth. And it's not your problem what they do with it. It's your problem what you do with the truth.
It's their problem what they do with it. You need to be faithful to the results of God. Okay, I hope you have a great Christmas kind of weekend. Praise the Lord. This is, the story is not over. He's still on the throne. He rules the universe with his feet up. One day he's going to clean up this entire mess. Justice will be served. Every wrong will be righted. Will you be there on the right side of the horse? Will you be behind the horse with Jesus or in front of it? Hope you make the right choice. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. Always need to say, ever for you.